on the Rebel Sports Network. From Learfield, this is the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a Dos. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. This is your home for the UNLV Rebels. Now, here are your hosts, Caleb Herring and the voice of the Rebels, Russ Langer. Yes, Russ Langer here along with Caleb Herring and Steve Cofield chatting it up with UNLV head coach Marcus Arroyo. Rebels coming off a loss at home to Air Force 42-7 homecoming this past Saturday. Looking forward to a historic trip to Notre Dame this Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Pacific time will be kickoff and it's the first meeting ever between the two schools. In fact, it's the first trip ever for the Rebel football program to the state of Indiana. And uh, first of all, Coach, uh, during the first five games of the season, the Rebels demonstrated that they could finish games and win. And now, after the last two games, they have a chance to demonstrate resilience. Discuss, if you would, the importance of that particular opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're... Uh... We're in a situation and I think that there's a uh, there's a lot of value to our team, you know, and I think that that resilience is something that is a uh, a really, really vital characteristic to develop. I mean, not only in football, but I mean, just in life. I mean, you know, um, you know, any chance you get to develop resiliency, I think for us, we've got to relish that opportunity because I think it's um, there's there's just so many really, really good byproducts that can come from learning how to be resilient. I mean, it's just not always going to be perfect. That's, we know that now, and you're teaching young men how to do that and people of a program and, and really anyone you come across that you can have an influence on in that regard, I think you can, you can help with. I mean, if, if we know that the byproduct of, of being better and being more resilient as a person, you know, would, would give you maturity and, and grit and belief and grace and some humility and, and then develops a sense of pride, I think we'd all say, bring it on. It's just not always easy when you're in it. And I think that in the long run, um, you know, there's vital factors in building someone in those things. And, and uh, I think that that, that also leads us to a, a really, really strong foundation for long-term success when you do it that way. So I think learning how to advance despite, you know, adversity is, is something that, that we don't shy away from. We haven't since we've been here. Um, and I think that, uh, our mindset training and our ability to put ourselves in that situation, be able to coach through it and, and stick together uh, can give us a really good habit that, that we're all interested in, especially down, down the long, down, down the uh, stretch run. There, there's a glimpse of some of the byproducts of success and what that resilience could bring. Um, not only with the, you know, the good start to the season, kind of the gate getting to four win mark pretty quickly, but there was a cool moment uh, during homecoming that I, that I kind of had an opportunity to soak in. And I wondered if you did too, there was, a moment that I hadn't experienced yet with UNLV, especially at Allegiant Stadium where the fans, the crowd that showed up, were all given T-shirts, um, and they were waving them around their heads. And it was like a, a cool scene that you see in other places, but I, like I said, I hadn't seen that at Allegiant yet. Um, were you able to at any moment take in that moment and, and kind of use that maybe as maybe a, a sign of some of the support that's pouring in and, and the program trending in the right direction as far as the fan engagement standpoint? Because I thought it was a really cool moment. No, I, I, I think that's what, you know, I'm, I'm saying that. And when we get to the weeks, uh, as we get in and out of weeks of how, uh, how important and how uh, grateful and, and excited I am for those, for that environment, I, I was able to take in a little, our pregames have been, 
you know, our fans have been engaged. And I think success leaves clues, man. I think that everyone's getting excited about um, a growth that's that, that has its ups and downs and a growth that is staying consistent and staying together. And, and I think when you're building, you're building together, uh, man, there's just a, there's a, there's something to that build. There's something to uh, that environment that brings a ton of energy that you can really be prideful in that you want to work for. And I think that, and I say want to work for because that's what you're, that's really what you're trying to develop, right? You're trying to, you're trying to build something that's so special, very similar to a family, but obviously it's, there's 105 people in our family. And if not more, if you count support, you're trying to build a family that's not only the program, that's not only the people in my building, but, but, but the city and, and the alumni and the campus and, and the students and that, that is, you don't want to let people down. And I think that, uh, that, that's that's the best part about it, man. I think that that work and, and being passionate about something so much that it hurts that bad when, when it doesn't go your way and you're willing to go back and show up the next day and bust your butt. Man, there's something you said about that because it just there's there's so so many avenues now that would tell a lot of people or a lot of programs or a lot of people in, in a city that's trying to build something up that's special. They know you know it's hard to just fold it up and pull the plug. And and, and that exists too. And there's unfortunately that's highlighted probably as much in our society as anything else. But to see the, the, the people in the program and the, and the kids and our coaches grinding it out, man, there's just something special to that. I, I, I just I'm that's just how I was raised. That's what I believe in. And, and, I'm, and that's what that's why I'm here. We've seen I know I follow the program on social media and I know there's plenty of listeners out there who get a lot of their information from, you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And I've seen uh, an intentional trend where the players are now more visible on campus and being a graduate of UNLV, being a former student athlete. Um, I know that that's something that wasn't there when I was there. And it seems like it's something that's being pushed. I think this week or this past week, they were handing out tacos with tickets, I think was, was the thing on social media. How did that sort of player engagement with the student body and on campus sort of unfold? How did that come about within this team? Well, I think it's a, it's an integrative, uh, you know, commitment to, uh, that's that's uh, that's through the athletic department, through the program, through campus, through our president. I think that it, there's just an, there's a sense of wanting to make this place uh, more than you know. And shoot, I, 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 there was the word commuter schools using a lot of places where where a place I went to school at, and and I think that people want to build something that's that's more of a community based, you know, college atmosphere. And I, I my hats off to our social media group and the athletic department here in our building that we've tried to push the envelope and be more marketable and be more global, be more seen. Um, and I think that everyone's trying to move that needle and you got to be aggressive and you got to be committed to something that's, that's a startup that's grassroots that way. And, and keep your foot down and head down and, 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 and get it done, man. I think, I think there, that, that piece of it's pretty special. Um, your kids like it, the community, it, it's good for the, for everybody. And, uh, you know, sometimes people, you know, a lot of people think it's silly or whatever, but it's not, man. That's that's part of building something, and so um, it's really cool. And I think that the people who are taking who who deserve credit for that is is campus athletic department, our group here that runs our social media, and the connectedness that all those guys are putting their head together with. I don't take any credit for that stuff. I I, I don't have time for that, other than the fact that I try to push our group here to be progressive and, and very active on social media because I think that marketability for recruiting and and for our fan base is important. You you've been in coaching for a long time. You've been around the game for a long time, and. I, I know you can remember, I can, a time where social media was taboo. Like when it was like, stay off of it. The dangers of social media, don't get caught up on it. Can you remember uh, the shift? Like when that kind of shifted and how that kind of went as a coach, like where it's like, okay, now we got to use this more as a tool than something to stay away from. 
Yeah, no, I mean, let's not. Let, yes, it's definitely a tool, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be half full because I think that there is a a really strong importance to marketing your program, marketing your city, uh, marketing your coaches, your athletic department, your campus, um, your alumni. I mean, that's it's a it, it's a tool that is so powerful. You you'd be you'd be crazy not to use it um, to your advantage. Now. It doesn't mean that the, that the old thoughts of how toxic it can be don't still exist because that's obviously part of it. But right. you can't let that overshadow the fact that there is a lot of advantages to take. You just got to put the other stuff aside. That's always going to be there. Crickets are always going to make noise when you're not around, and it's just part of it, man. Um, and you just got to press on because there's there's way more there's way more positives to it than it's like the NIL conversation, right? I think there's just so many more positives that don't get illuminated because it's the, Oh, hold on, as opposed to, well, let's go and be aggressive and let's just, uh, let's, let's try to make sure we, we minimize the stuff that's negative and let's use this to our advantage. And that, that's the, that's the challenge that everyone has. And we've obviously taken the, uh, the, 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 the perspective that, that we can make an advantage on social media. And so we've done that. We've done that since I got here and I believed in it. I believe in it for a huge piece of recruiting and for making, you know, going out and getting outside of what may have may have boxed you in and thought you couldn't recruit outside because now globally you can reach everybody. You mentioned the dangers. And listen, you know, people get emotional after losses or even watching games. A good example, an adult who's uh, now whatever he is, 31 years old, Keenan Allen a couple of weeks ago on a fourth down play. Staley goes for it on fourth down. They don't get it. And he's like, what are we doing here? And I'm like, whoa, okay. Keenan Allen probably shouldn't be tweeting that. In game, do you actually do you have someone who has to watch a hundred plus people on social media? Yeah, no, we don't. We don't have uh, someone that's that's checking every single one of a guy's social media, uh, Steve. I think you know we're we're, we're definitely use it and, and looking at it for uh, recruiting and how guys are are uh, maybe responding to some of our engagement when, and when it comes to um, you know some of our videos and stuff or some of the post game or pre game stuff. Um, uh, but we don't have guys checking everybody's media. I mean, we're all on there because we're on social media as it is for recruiting. I'll tell you the one thing, though, that I, that I do believe in, I, I, you know, because we're on it, we follow our players. We're not on there to track our guys or to be the, the, the police on Twitter. But I, I do believe in the fact that I'm trying to watch some of their accounts more for teaching than anything else because I, I want them to understand that I'm not watching – I'm not watching it for maybe something that they may be hired for or in trouble for or policing them, but someone else may be. And so, you know, there's times there has been instances where guys have posted really good stuff. And I've been like, I've come up to say, man, that was really good. That's a really good team deal you did or a program or public deal or communal deal. And I've also said to other guys, you don't want that on your page. You don't want that word being used. I think you're going to understand, you got to understand how visible you are and how big of a deal that can be. It might come back to haunt you for a job interview. And all of a sudden a guy pulls out a snapshot of your Twitter and says, Hey, what's this word about last week? And we've seen that happen in, in our world we live in, unfortunately. So I think there's teachable moments for, to use it. It's bigger than football. And, uh, but that's really the only thing we're not, we're not, I'm not trying to play the police. I ain't got time for that. The Marcus Arroyo Show rolls on. Rebel fans, you know Lake Mead is at historic lows. Change your watering clock to your three assigned days per week through the end of October. It's the law. Find your fall mandatory watering days at snwa.com. Back with a whole lot more at head coach Marcus Arroyo on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. 
Welcome back to the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. The friendly staff at Pueblo Medical Imaging is eager to take care of all your radiology needs. And they offer same-day, next-day availability. With top-of-the-line, state-of-the-art equipment, they're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. Pueblo Medical Imaging. Along with Steve Cofield and Caleb Herring, Russ Langer here with the head coach Marcus Arroyo as the Rebels prepare for uh, this Saturday's showdown with the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame. Coach, what were some of the factors last week that made it so difficult to stop the dive in the Air Force game? Well, I mean, it was it was dive, it was it was power, it was option. I mean, it's it's what those guys do. We we talked about it going in. It's just the consistency and execution that they play in that offense. And uh, again, they've done it for a really long time. They've got veteran guys doing it, veteran coaches that that, that, that that's what they do. And uh, their execution and and our lack of experience probably defending it is is something that I think probably shows up in a lot of people's. Um, situation and get those guys. I mean, we're top in the conference and top few in the conference in, in offense and defense for a reason. Coach, I think the focus of the game and listening to you post game, um, I think the bigger of the issues was the self inflicted ones. In this in this game, it wasn't penalties but turnovers. Um, and as a player, have you ever been in a in a situation or a game where it was just a turnover bug? You really couldn't put a finger on why ball security never really was an issue, and then all of a sudden, boom, you hit with three turnovers out of the gate. Uh, you know, I, you probably for sure, Caleb. I'm sure that you go 20 years of doing this, and in a handful, you know, five as a player, there's going to be games like that. You're like, wow, you know, what was the deal? Um, and 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 candidly, you probably, you know, you, you'd be you're a full ball coach when you refuse to remember those. You know? <laughs> you're right. Um, but I think that there's, uh, it's not, it's you know, it's obviously not a laughing matter for us. I think it's uh, you got to go back and say, okay, what was it that led to those? What decision was it? Was it a was it a ball security issue? Was it a lack of practice? Was it a lack of focus? Um, and all of you know all of those things are, are reasons why you end up turning the ball over. And there's some days you you just can't catch a break, and uh, you got to refocus your attention on getting it right. And and that's what we've got to do. And the opponent matters, right? When you talk about the magnitude of those turnovers, I, and this is from a psychological standpoint going into it as a player, because I I have like you said been a part of these games where it's like, geez, I can't get it right. Um, but the mental side of it as a player where you put more emphasis maybe going in on possession and, and keeping their offense off the field and valuing the football because of who you're playing, then does that kind of make it defeat you twice in, in an instance where it's like, yeah, you lose possession, but also now you're down on yourself a little bit harder because you know they're going to be stingy as far as giving you the ball back? Yeah, all those things come into play for sure. I mean, you know, when you're when you're playing someone that's that efficient and that effective, um, and you give them multiple chances to get another possession, um, you run the risk of putting yourself way behind and in a big hole. Now, the other point that you alluded to that's really important is like not only what it does to you, the the mental the mental strife it puts in you as far as you, whether you're the guy turning it over or you're the or you as a as a team are thinking about oh gosh, well now I don't want to I don't want to call this or I don't want to call that or why can't we hang on to this? Or I don't want to throw that. I mean, yeah, there's a, there, it goes both sides. You, you can't give them the extra possessions on a team that executes that well. And then you run the risk of guys being, you know, uh, you know, not, not having, not having the, 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 the feel like, okay, are we okay here? And I think that there is, there's going to be games like that and they suck. Uh, you hate having them and uh, they're hard. Um, and so you got to move on. You got to get better. You just got to, you got to eliminate them get back to it and focus on them. You can't forget them. Uh, you refocus your attention. You make sure guys, uh, rectify what they need to get done and, and you, you build it out and you make it really, really deliberate and intentful and uh, you move on. 
your depth is being really put to the test. Uh, let's start at running back. Uh, you can tell us the latest on Aiden Robbins and what his status may be for the Irish. But, it, you know, the problem isn't just Aiden Robbins. It's going back to the beginning of the season. You've had cluster injuries at the running back position. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're we're, we're banged up as it gets, man. We're, we're trying to weather the storm here and and do the best we can. Um, and that's what we've got to do. There's no the, – the, the train don't stop, the days don't stop, the clock keeps rolling. And so we just got to do the best we can. We're, we're banged up, unfortunately. Um, Aiden's out for – for this week, um, you know, it's it's something we think we can bounce back from in the next in the next week or two, which is really good. That's really fortunate for us on, on a knee injury. Um, you know, Kyle's getting back into in, in back into the, the mix, which is good. Uh, you know, Ricky's feeling a little better. Um, Jeff's still a couple weeks out. Ricky Johnson's back in, kind of like doing some practice and the scout team stuff as he starts to get back in the fold. You still got, you know, you had plan out last week. Plants getting back into practice. Hopefully, he's going to be a guy who's going to be ready for us this week and be ready to roll. He's in practicing. Um, this week, Ilial's a guy who who's questionable. Tavis was a guy last week. I mean, it's just it's it's piling up, man. And so it just gets really hard. Um, and anybody who's going through it, whether it's pro or college or any other sport, too, it's just it's hard because uh, you just that many that much production, that much um, you know in, in, in interest in what you've uh, in, uh, what you've put into guys and, and how much reps they've taken just starts to add up to you, and it gets hard. So. We've got to get healthy. We definitely are, are, are trying to get healthy. Doug's obviously uh, a guy who's out there today with us on the field, wasn't dressed. We're doing small things with him. He's feeling better, but, you know, hopefully he's, he's back in a week as well and we get him back in the fold soon. But um, we're, we're, we're feeling it, and uh, it's unfortunate, and everyone's been it. It's, it's, it's hard, but uh, you got to keep going. Marcus Arroyo, radio show. Just to go back to running back for a second here, and I know a lot, a lot of people want to hear more about Doug Brumfield, but I, I wanted to point out a running back. So now you've got Courtney Reese, who was in the mix as the two in the spring. Jordan Young-Humphrey, a transfer in from Stetson. Now he's up in one of those main roles. You know, two of the guys that you were hoping, you brought in Javon Wilson from Oregon. I'm sure you were hoping that he was going to be a contributor. He just hasn't been healthy. And the other one we should point out, someone was mentioning to me the other day, they were like, hey, special teams, you know, at times it didn't look so good. Chad Magyar was one of your guys, and I think Chad's down for the year now. He's one of your running backs, but he was going to be in the mix, but he's a really important guy, or he was, on special teams. Yeah. No, it's, it's, that's true. That's, I mean, it's that, you got Javon, who's been banged up all season. Chad's out for the year, and Chad, the other thing that, that, that I think when they go out, it's not that just they went out. That's what I think is the thing that a lot of people, they do understand. I don't want to minimize that. I think all the most of the reps went to the bulk of the people they're in. So now the guys, like you mentioned, whether it's, you know, Courtney's been with us, he's had a rep, but like Jordan, like Jordan got here in training camp. Like it was the first time Jordan's hurt us. And so he's now up, he's one from, you know, from the five, six or seven position. And now you're up, you know, or you bring in Briggs over from the special teams who's, who hasn't had much, you know, you're, you're having to piecemeal it together, man. And, uh, and it's just unfortunate, but it, but it is what it is. One important thing I think the audience needs to hear is what a guy like Brumfield does during his time down. Um, you and I spoke about this, but I wanted to bring it to the air. When you're in concussion protocol, are you basically like in a bubble? You can't move. You can't lift weights. You can't run. Because that was kind of the message that was sent out by some of our radio shows uh, earlier in the week. And I don't think that's the case. Like Doug can still do some activities, <laughs> right? Right, coach? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Doug's. I mean, we, we, there's every day. So the protocol for a guy, for the protocol for the group downstairs and, and the doctors and our trainers are. It's a daily deal. You got to you got to take a score, and then you you go through whatever, uh, whatever physical and mental exertions you can stand within the course of the day. It may be one day you're out there running, um, and just a jog. And the next day may be sprints, and we're trying to elevate your heart rate. It may be. Uh, we're, on, we're, we're throwing, all right. Or we're going to put our helmet on today and we're going to go from there. Like there's these, there is all these little, these, these, these traits that stick out on, on, on these, uh, concussions that, that a lot of people, unless you've really had one, you don't, you don't realize they're actually real. I mean, sun, the, the light, the daylight, um, sitting in meetings, watching film affects guys, um, noise affects some guys. I mean, the exertion is one thing. Cause that's easy. That's the most common you know thing that's used, but, um, all those things and every day as you go, sometimes they feel better, sometimes they feel worse. And so every morning we have to go, okay, where are we at? What's the score? And what can we think we can do? We put them, we'll, we'll go through and Doug has to really give it back to us. It's not anything we can prescribe because it's all based on how he feels and what kind of symptoms he's, he's feeling. So um, I know everyone may not be happy with that, but that's kind of how it works. <laughs> Marcus Arroyo Radio Show rolls on. Friends, up your gym game at EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV. Join today for as low as $9.99 per month. Come visit online or join at joineos.com. Joineos.com. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. And uh, we invite you to stick around. A lot more coming up with head coach Marcus Arroyo on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Russ Langer here with Steve Cofield and former Rebel quarterback Caleb Herring. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. The Marcus Arroyo Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. And we're pleased you could join us today as the Rebels get ready for their first ever game against Notre Dame at South Bend. Coming up this Saturday, 11.30 a.m. kickoff. That's Pacific time. South Bend is in the Eastern Time Zone, but 11.30 a.m. Uh, in the Pacific Time Zone for the kickoff for this one. Russ Langer here with Caleb Herring and with Steve Cofield as we visit more with head coach Marcus Arroyo. Marcus, curious, uh, with Doug Brumfield listed as day-to-day, what are some of the things you are looking for in practice from Cameron Friel and Harrison Bailey? Well, I mean, there's, you know, we're in season now, so it's a little bit different than being in training camp where you're just, you're working on your offense and they've got an idea of what's coming um, as installs progress. So it's a little bit different now because you're looking for leadership in, in a week-to-week opponent kind of uh, preparation. And uh, there's not as many reps as camp. There's not as... Not as much time because they've got to, they've got to be able to adjust to everything else that's going on in school and the hours that now um, have to be mitigated to, to work through the week. But I mean, the leadership, the command, the effectiveness of what they're doing in meetings on the field, um, understanding situational football and, and and the chemistry between them and the guys that are in, and then you know I think the thing that you're looking for with guys who haven't taken advantage is, is is the growth even in like a given day, like you know is are they making new mistakes, you know, not old mistakes, because as the weeks advance, you don't got time to correct something that, you know, is going to come back up in an install day or the next day. Cause you're going to go to a standard, you know, recall of some of the stuff you're doing installation wise, you're on a new opponent, you're in a new situation that they've got present a new situation. So it goes fast. Um, so it's being able to take some of those things and be able to do them fast effectively and with chemistry and leadership and have influence in the team and move the ball. And those are hard to find on a mo- only Monday, Tuesday, and a mental sweat Thursday and Friday. So um, they're, ran- they're 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 working hard at it, and uh, we we've got to make sure we we try to put our best forward here foot forward here to, to be able to go out and be effective. 
You talk about the situation for the backup quarterback, and I, I've been the backup quarterback, so I know how I had dealt with this. But you, you talk about the divvying up of reps, and you know, once the starter is mm-hmm. kind of declared, the backups take a back seat, right? And that's just for the benefit of the team, right? You want to get your starter as prepped as possible. When the starter goes right. down for whatever reason, how much of a dilemma is it for a coach to now both have to assess who's going to be the next guy up, uh, with you know Harrison or Cameron. Uh, but then for the benefit of the team, give that guy the amount of reps so he can catch up and get up to speed, so to speak, with the rest of the starters. That's a lot. Yeah, it's about as hard as that whole question was there. Um, <laughs> I, I think that there's, you know, let's just use situations because that, that's the only thing I have to you lean back in as a coach. Like, okay, when was this? Like when you've got a like three or four year starter who's been successful and you've been in a, you've been together for a while when you're trying to find out who a backup is, you can really transfer more of the critical reps to the backup guy to go, okay, I need to see, I need to assess this backup guy. Cause I know the starters had, you know, three years and off seasons with this and it feels pretty good. And I can kind of, I can kind of pull back and let's, let's put some pressure on these back, this backup guy to kind of develop. And then the third guy, who's the third guy, or who's your guy in your hole, so on and so forth. We're not that we don't have that luxury. We, we haven't had that luxury. Doug wasn't help, didn't play much last year. He's he's been getting the bulk of everything. So when he goes down, it's not like during training camp or during off season. I was like, you know what? I'm going to ramp up. I'm really going to ramp up more. They all pretty even going into the competition, going into it. And Doug ended up being taken away. So training camp went ton to Doug's. And now it's like, you know, you're trying to play this catch up game of of the bulk reps and timing and chemistry and a lot of the stuff that, that, that we had mentioned. Um and if it was a clear, if there's clear definition, it makes it easier too, right? Because I mean, if it's clear definition, you know that guy's the backup guy because I don't, either you maybe you don't have a third, or or that guy's just clearly better than the other guy you have. Well, we're, all three of these guys were competing their tail off together all the way up until you know through off season, and it did a nice job. We're to point out these guys have to go into a game and be effective, you know, because I've seen them do it in practice. We've done some good things. We've gone into games and haven't been real productive. Nothing's really stood out. We got to, someone's got to, someone's got to move the needle. And so they know that that's not a pressure that you, that you don't know you have as a quarterback. A lot of you are like, you know, well, it's there, it's existing. It's what we signed up for. And it's not easy. So just, we accept that, accept that role. And, uh, you guys got, they've been doing, they've been, their approach has been really good though. And, uh, and they, they, they're all working their tail off. Um, and so, uh, we're trying to see exactly where we'll be here once we get to kick off here for Notre Dame. So that, and that's like a problem that's, I guess, a dilemma that goes beyond quarterbacking. This is anybody who's maybe on the bench unit or a younger guy coming up. And this is part of recruiting where, you know, guys are really good at seeing their name in lights as the starter, as the guy. Um, but there's that almost a, a humble pie that everybody has to accept. Um, in that role as a backup where your preparation has to be maybe um, a little bit different with less reps. Don't count the reps, make the reps count type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Is that like a coaching point that you focus on, especially like when recruiting guys or when dealing with younger guys in these situations where maybe they're, you know, on the bench during the season, but hey, your number could be up. And at any point, we need to know we can count on you for those minutes. There's no doubt. I mean, when you're, a, I mean, when you've done this long enough, you're a junkie like I am in regards to football and stories and games. And you can remember situations or you remember when, you know, whatever Bledsoe went down and Brady had to go or Steve Young and Joe Montana or whatever, but whatever stories you have or assist, you know, or, or injuries you had and Herbert breaks his collarbone. And now you got to go or, you know, if you've got those, those are still things that you try to illuminate to guys. Cause you're like, this could really happen. Now, 
we all need to get, get out of our adult shoes sometimes to go back. Okay. When I was 18, did I listen to everything the adult told me about, you know, forward thinking? Well, yeah, sometimes that's a little bit skewed, right? You're like, ah, until it comes up, I don't really know. <laughs> well, just, you try to get, the, you try to get them to that. I think the thing we do and we demand here is we demand a lot in our meetings, like our quarterback room. It's not very comfortable all the time. Like, because I don't want them to under, I want them to understand that this could happen. They, they've known that we've got, we've got, unfortunately we've had stories here. It's already happened. Um, and so we do prepare like you're the starter and, and I hold those guys accountable to the walk on to knowing how, what a progression is on certain reads or what, what the down and distance calls for here, or what we're doing protection wise. Like our, our Matt Gideon answers as many questions in our meetings as Doug. And so it's just the reality of, of, of kind of being in the room and how we'd like to prepare him. Now um, I think sometimes it's a little bit easier. Maybe the examples that I use are a little bit different because uh, you know, you may go into a team where you're the backup guy and there's a ton of experience, maybe an O-line wide receiver, tight end, running. you're like, okay, I ain't got to go in there and wear the, we're not, we're not there yet either. We are, a lot of other guys are banged up. So you're, you're stepping in a situation, you got to kind of do it all. And um, I think maximizing meetings and individual and post-practice is something that these guys are, know are part of the deal. Building up to that, like to be able to have that kind of coaching and hard uh, criticism and feedback it takes a personal touch. How important is the genuine relationship between you and the players from not just a coach to player standpoint, but where they trust what you're saying to them as, as a man? How important is building that relationship along the lines to getting to a point where you can be a, a tough critic or a hard coach on the field? Well, I mean, I don't think that's – that That to me is something that I think is such a huge understated part of coaching and and team building and i and i don't assume it's not something that's really important in business and any other team building that goes is that no one really knows no one really <laughs> no one cares what you know until they know you care i mean trust is earned and, and to think it's just given that's that's for someone who doesn't understand team and doesn't understand what it takes to to bond with somebody let alone the fact that you know we talked about resilience once you're going through something everyone starts to fall back to some foundation. If you don't have a foundation with somebody else, uh, it's hard for people to really listen to you when you really dive into them. I mean, that's what we call it. It's called the glue for us. The glue is what we did in the off season and, and creating a, an environment where you could be critical. You had to earn trust. You had to listen. We had to put you in a, in a, in a, in an uncomfortable situation mentally and probably emotionally, not just physically, mentally and emotionally more than anything so that you could have the guys around you challenge you and you believe in them and them believe in you. And I think that that's a lot like a family. I mean, a lot like a relationship when you spend a lot of time with people or your best friends or people you've been around a lot, they can have really hard critical notes for you. And it's different than if someone you just met said the same thing to you, you might have a knee jerk reaction. Like, hold on, hold the phone here, bro. I don't, we don't, we don't, I don't know you like that, but that, that can't be the part on a good team. That can't be the part in a good family. And that's definitely not part of the culture we've started here. I think that we've been very critical of each other. We coach each other hard. A lot of you guys come out to practice. You kind of see the way we do it. And our guys respond. There's not, there's not a lot of splintering. Um, you haven't seen that in our games. You haven't seen it in our locker room on our plane or anything. And so I think that that's a result of, of, of us spending a lot of time building relationships and being really honest and telling our personal stories and sharing a lot of backgrounds and having a ton of humility and, and being able to, to move forward. Time for next break on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Summer is finally over. UNLV football is back. And soon it'll be time to fire up the furnace on your home. If your heating system may have trouble coming out of its summer hibernation, give the Yes Man a call to get your system tuned up. Call Yes Air Conditioning and Plumbing. 
702-888-4937, or visit them at www.theyesmancan.com to get set up for an appointment right away. Marcus Arroyo, head coach for the UNLV football team, coming back with a whole lot more. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show with the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. I'm Russ Langer along with Caleb Herring and Steve Cofield. Time for the Pueblo Medical Imaging Feature, Rebel fans. Time for the Coaches Look Ahead presented by Pueblo Medical Imaging. Coach, obviously Notre Dame as a program is historic. Everybody knows their name and, and all that. We'll get to that in a little bit, but they've got – some unique things as far as their talent on the other side of the ball. And one of the first things that pops out is they've got a special tight end in Michael Mayer. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the top five, some have him as the top tight end as far as NFL projections and things like that. What does having a guy like that on the roster do for you as far as preparing for him defensively? Well, I mean, you know, that, that first of all, they've got, they've got obviously a very, very, uh, very, very good roster. They've recruited well in the seasons because of the seasons they've had. They recruited well because of the coaching staff they've got. And, and, and obviously the, the, uh, the background that Notre Dame has uh, carries a lot of weight in regards to what, what, what makes it uh, fun and, and easy to recruit there, I'm sure. Um, but they've got a, a tight end you're referring to, my, Michael, who's, who does a fantastic job and who is a, definitely a weapon. I mean, the, the tight end position, when you can have a guy who can create an issue in the box on the edge of your defense in the run game um, or the pass game using the middle of the field and matchups inside, and not only that, to then open up and to become a mismatch, maybe a man coverage and run and move the way he moves, it becomes a, a matchup issue. And uh, you're seeing that all, that's no secret. I mean, you know, the Kelsey's of the world, these tight ends of the world, they create a matchup issue. That's pretty scary. And, uh, and so he, he's a great one. We've got, we've got definitely got to know where he's at and, uh, and try to minimize his effect. But he's, he's obviously pretty special and, and not many have done that yet. And one of the other things that, you know, is noting and following Notre Dame through the season, they made a change at quarterback that seemed to spark something. And I wanted to get your thoughts on maybe what it was with Drew Pine um, that sparked something for this offense. What does he bring to the table that's different? And how does that change of pace at quarterback impact the rest of the 10 guys on the offensive side? Well, obviously, we've only seen a small sample size. This don't, I mean, we watch just what it is, but I think that's hard to tell unless you're really there in it to see what kind of influence the guys have. But it's obvious when a team is going through and trying to find a spark, like you know, we're in the same situation and, and something hits, is probably has a, a, an influence in the locker room. He probably has a, a really good mindset and ability to work and, and, and create when maybe he hasn't had a bunch of opportunities and a lot of belief in what's going on. and. Um, and I think Drew's a good example there for them that they, they he's obviously uh, started to move the ball and be effective and efficient and got a grasp on and command of what they want to do offensively. And um, and, and obviously that, that, that they're going with that. Obviously, every team has an identity and like a brand of football that you could probably like narrow down to. This team wants to be physical. They want to run the ball. They this team likes to air it out. Because of the kind of roller coaster that Notre Dame's been on, first of all, is that even something that you would look into as as in getting ready for this game? Is it like what's this team's identity? What's the primary thing we need to focus on taking away from them to get them off of their brand of football? Yeah, I mean, uh, those are definitely things you look into and to see basically what their identity as a football team to kind of see what they want to do, what's what's their philosophy in certain situations, what's their overall 
game plan and what they do schematically. And I think that, uh, you know, this is, they've got, they've got a really a, a well-coached group with that are, that are physical and fast and big. And you can see the way that they play offense, deep in the special teams and, 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 and all those facets that they have trying to build that identity and, and they're doing it each and every day. And I think, I think Marks is doing a, a really good job of, of making sure he's, he stays steady to the, to the system. And, um, you know, they may have their ups and downs, but I, there's no, there's no question about what they think they want to do with, with the way they play and, and the diversity they have and the toughness that they started to play with. So um, you try to minimize what the weapons are. The guys like Mike, Michael, we said, you try to figure out what they're going to do with Drew and offensively, you try to figure out defensively with, with their matchups up front and, and what they're doing and their with their front and their linebackers. And they've got a great group on the back end. And um, you try to, batch up and, and, and go to work. And, uh, and that's what we're going to try to do. Let's, uh, let's pull back the curtain a little bit with some inside dope. It's not the most hardcore stuff, but you are leaving a day early uh, for this trip to Notre Dame. You're going to be leaving on Thursday. Was there a reason behind that? Well, I just felt like, you know, you're going into Eastern times time zone and to get over there after our mental sweat, if we were going to leave on a Friday and get over there and, have to get situated you're staying 45 minutes away from from south bend um you're not staying in there so you got a bus drive there you know you got a kickoff that's that's it's basically the morning your time you're not there long enough to adjust um it, it sometimes when you change that many time zones i, I felt like it, it's okay to go a few out you know a half a day early and get settled in get your guys adjusted just to just be in there um and and uh and then go from there um if you're going the other way on the clock sometimes it's a little bit different because again you're you're saving time and not losing time so i, I we'll find out um again we're, we're in the first kind of full travel to the eastern time zone for for our program here what we've done that's just going off of just uh things we've done in the past at other places and and kind of how um i see how our clock could be could be managed on Friday, you're practicing at a local high school. Do you guys not have the opportunity to get down to the stadium, do a walkthrough? Is that not something you wanted to do? Yeah, that wasn't something that we were going to do we, we, because a lot of times you can't get on the field to do a full fledge practice. Our Friday practice is pretty fast. Um, so we'd be all over the grass and everything. That's, that's usually not an optimal situation for them unless you're just going to go show and walk for you know a few minutes and get off. But our Friday, we're going to keep our Friday routine and go to local high school and uh, which would be good. It's a different environment and get us focused back up and get an opportunity to run around in, in a little different climate, which is good. And um, I, I think it'd be just fine. Coach, from what you've seen on film, looking at the Irish defense, their junior linebacker, J.D. Bertrand, uh, leads them in tackles right now. Give us a profile of him from what you know. Yeah, he does a great job being the heart of defense, and he's all over. He's in the middle. He's, he's flying around. He's sideline to sideline. You can tell he communicates well. He's got a good grasp on what they're doing. He gets everybody lined up. He plays really, really fast and physical. Um, coached well. I mean, he's, he's, he's all over the place. I can tell why he's the leader of that defense. We're going to be back with another segment of the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show moving on here. And this is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Head coach Marcus Rowe joining us as the Rebels get ready to play in South Bend, Indiana this Saturday against the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Hello, Las Vegas. Hello, Sunset Over the Strip. Intermountain Healthcare is here to be a part of your Las Vegas life, and they're here to help you live an even healthier one. 
Intermountain Healthcare, official healthcare partner of UNLV Athletics. So one more thing on Notre Dame and, you know, the historic venue and the size of the venue, and I'll start with uh, Caleb before we get to Coach. Caleb, when you played, how many times did you have a chance to go on the road to a big venue, and then what was it like when you walk on the field as a player? It, it was it was fun and exciting. I think the the first time for me, the biggest venue that I went to was my first start at Camp Randall against uh, Wisconsin, which was you know that was Russell Wilson number five in the nation Thursday night football. So there's a lot around that, right? So, but walking into it, it's what you live for as a competitor, like that that scene. Um, and one of the things about that one that was fortunate that the end of the game was more exciting, I guess, than anything because the jump round is something that you all know about going in. But that's the ultimate like situation as a kid when you're like I want to play college football these are the type of venues so there's there's definitely emotion there and you want to do your best to like get it out you know before kickoff like it's like let's let's appreciate it soak it in because it's fun but the get it out part is I guess where coach would come in right now I, obviously coach is like I want them to get it out to a kickoff we're not even thinking about any of that stuff more what kind of stuff can you do as a coach coach uh, uh, for eliminating that distraction element of the excitement I guess is what I'm trying to say I think that I think that's one of the things we all try to figure out early on. I think I've been very humbled and, and fortunate to be part of uh, play a lot of those big places and be part of those games and coaching those places for a long time. And and uh, I can tell you that they're <laughs> I can't I can't read eighty thousand people. So uh, <laughs> I, I, it's just hard to do. That's an expensive trip for for that. I don't. Uh, you, you can't. You can get out there um, and walk around and see. It. We're gonna have to get it done pregame. Um, you know, we're fortunate to play in a, in a beautiful NFL stadium. A lot of people that they'd come to us, they're, you know, you could see them checking out the lights and Endor and how awesome our place is. And so um, I've seen that. I've seen that other places. I've been I've been on both sides of it. Um, and so I just got to do your best to get guys. You can build, you just let them know. I've been talking about a week. It's going to be, you know, a big place. It's going to be awesome. It's historic. It's going to be something you're going to really get you're going to cherish. Uh, for a long time and, and make sure you're prepared and, and willing to put your best foot forward and play well there too to make it a, make it a good story when you tell it and uh, but you can't there's nothing you can do I, I can't you can't import all those people you can't put the excitement and the and and the the the, ang- the anxiety that's going to happen on any guys who haven't been in that situation yet so you just got to be able to weather the storm uh, mentally and emotionally and be able to keep guys focused and in the moment as best you can and and then and then uh if there's any impediments to that is 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 bear them and move on and so uh i'm just it's a great experience for our guys i just i want them to make sure that they when they're able to to talk about it that they that they've said that they they played their tail off and their effort and their commitment and their discipline their toughness and and preparation lended to an, an awesome an awesome day rush you're loaded with the most wisdom on this show i'll put it nicely have you been in Notre Dame before uh, I have not. I've been to South Bend uh, yeah. for minor league baseball, but the closest I've come to Notre Dame is interviewing Rudy Rudiger. There you go. Uh, funny thing in the press conference on Monday, Steve Carp was out there, one of the veterans of the Las Vegas media. Speaking of wisdom. And, and he was mentioning uh, going there for college basketball, and then he tried to flip uh, some some history with like Hoosiers and the size of the field and the size of the court. And he was trying to ask Austin Ajake and I saw you look over at Ajake and you're like, he's never seen Hoosiers. So apparently <laughs> talking about old movies and old sports references uh, goes over a lot of the kids' heads these days. Yeah, yeah. You kind of teed that one up for me because, yeah. and I, I only say that because I, I do it all the time around here. And I got a bunch of movie references and we, we, there's lots of times to loosen up in what we do, and, and uh, especially in the quarterback room, and I'll use quotes or blurt something out, and they look at me like I got five heads, and I'm like, man, 
I tell you what, I feel like it, here it is. Here's the old, you know, you're getting old type deal. But yeah, when I heard when I heard Hoosiers, my ear, my antennas went up. And went, oh, here we go. I, I knew, I knew for sure. AJ, if he had, he would have. If anybody had, actually, it may have been AJ. A little, a little sports history, but I. As soon as he said, as soon as he looked this, I looked at his face and said, you know, he had. If he could tell me who Gene Hackman is, I would have gave him a thousand bucks. And then, let alone Shooter and and Wit and all those guys. I'm like, come on. Now, funny story about Hoosiers. I was telling that story. This, this is a true story. I was telling that story. I was talking about something. Uh, I was using a Hoosiers reference, I think, about – I was at San Jose State. I was a coordinator there, young, and I was telling a story. I was telling a Hoosiers story to, I think, uh, one of our players in the same kind of story. And Coach Tomey was sitting in the – I was in the second seat of the bus. Coach Tomey was in the front front seat. And I was telling the story about about Hoosiers a little bit. And they, yeah, da, 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 da. And I'm from a town of a 1,000 people. So we had – that was like one of our movies, you know. And uh, – so I was get, kind of getting into the players, looking at me like, man, you you really like this movie too much, coach. And you got all these details about the, the the gym and the lighting and the hardwood floors. And and then coach told me, turned around and he, and, he, and and he's just the way he's so he's so amazing. But he goes, yeah, there were there was a couple things about the story that were that were that were really really accurate. There's a couple things that weren't. Let me tell you about them. And as I he told the story, as he told some of these things about the true story of it, I started to sit back and I went, hold on a minute. And I kind of did a quick math. I went, hold on, Indiana. I went, oh, my God. I go, Coach Tomey is telling actually depiction because he actually knows where that high – he's Coach <laughs> Tomey's from Indiana. And I'm like, I, I, I'm out of my chair like, Coach, did you actually know about – is this like real? Are you t-? He goes, oh, yeah, I was down the street. This guy was this guy, and that was actually a coach here. And I around the corner was – I went, holy cow. He, coach Tomey's actually got like a Hoosiers like – he was like on the floor. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> Like, oh man, that was a good coach was right in it. So that was like my my Hoosier stories. Coach told me, tell me, yeah, this is actually he actually knew about the whole thing and was part of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, how about that? But I know AJ had no idea, let alone our guys. I mean, I could tell our guys about. It. I, I think I was talking about Goonies the other day in the movie Goonies, and they were like, Goonies, what's Goonies? I'm like, oh my gosh. Hey, you guys, they didn't get that reference. Like, man, man. I, you talk about Baby Ruth, or you talk about the Princess of Power, or some Goonies, or you talk about Indiana Jones, or. Nothing, man. I'm like, boys, you got, we need a, we need a week or just to sit down and watch some old movies. They were like, yeah, grandpa, I got you. Great stuff, coach. We appreciate you. We'll see you on the plane. All right, see you. Head coach Marcus Arroyo joining us. We thank you for joining us on the Marcus Arroyo radio show. This is the UNLV sports network from Learfield. You've been listening to the Marcus Arroyo show brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the woo located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones and by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network. <laughs>